The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com backslash spirit of recovery. Today's episode is titled Lighten the Load. One thing we need in order to grow in our recovery is to walk our path with principled honesty. This can be more challenging than it sounds at first, but if we're willing to show up and do the work, we can drop the heavy load we've been carrying and enjoy a lightness of being that will transform our lives. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on lightening the load through the power and practice of truth with integrity. Yes, so we usually begin... Uh, talking about what it was like before and then we move into what happened and what it's like now so I was trying to think about what it was like before and what it means to be carrying a heavy load and I was thinking about the fact that um, as a young person as a teenager and a young adult I did always feel like I was carrying a heavy load And I was trying to think about like, why is that, you know, Um, some of us, I think are just, our nature is that we're more sensitive. I think they even have a term for that now, highly sensitive individuals or something. And you hear this so much in meetings, we're people that just feel things more, right? 
you know, you can have two children coming out of the same home with whatever various types of dysfunction, and one can seem to emerge almost totally unscathed, and the other one is very deeply affected by it. So I think a lot of us in the rooms of recovery are people who are more sensitive and who were deeply affected by things in our childhood. So, you know, my parents divorced when I was two years old. I'm an only child. You know, there was various things that happened in my family of origin that probably contributed to me feeling like I was carrying a heavy load in addition to being a highly sensitive individual. And so I just did always sort of feel like things were heavy. I maybe already had a little bit of um, low-grade chronic depression on board. I can remember being a teenager and feeling pretty overwhelmed um, by things and, you know, of course, started uh, drinking and smoking at a pretty young teen age, um, not because I was a happy person, but because I was carrying this heavy load. And it's too much for a young person to be carrying a heavy load like that, right? You're supposed to be focused on the work of growing up and being a young person and everything that comes with that. And so um, I believe that was sort of the origin of my drinking was to not feel that heavy load. You know, it was just too heavy. And I can feel still today sometimes like I'm carrying a load. You know, I think it may just sort of be my nature. But luckily, we have this program which has a systematic way of lightening our load. You know, we may not get rid of everything, but um, as we begin the work of uh, self-exploration and self-discovery, which culminates in writing our fourth step, and then in sharing that with a trusted individual, which is our fifth step, we do begin to start to feel a lightening of that burden just, just by speaking those things, writing them down, speaking them, sharing them with someone we trust. And I think I talked last in our last episode about um, how my sponsor, you know, just God bless her, spent hours listening to my interminable fourth step and then was like, oh yeah, you know, it's just not, not that it was no big deal, but that she had had a lot of the same things happen. She had done a lot of the same. She wasn't scandalized by any of it. And that in itself began to lighten my load, I think. That you know, was that truth-telling. I think you're right, because, you know, thinking of the similar point in my recovery, when I began to share that stuff that seemed so heavy, it's almost as if uh, immediately after sharing it, I was like, what was the big deal? It's almost it so quick to go from something burdensome that I wouldn't want ever to tell anyone to feeling literally feeling like a, a, a weight has been removed from my shoulders for some mm -hmm. reason so yeah mm -hmm. this kind of truth telling with honesty is critically has been critically important for me and of course that's why it's in the steps right and we have we're talking about step five now really we're talking about step four in our last uh, episode and of course they go hand in hand yeah. uh, so my experience of carrying a heavy load and like a lot of things uh, that we've talked about is I had no idea you know we we don't get to grow up two different ways and then compare them right we grow up one right. way and that's all we know yeah. that's all I knew I, I didn't know there was any other way of being so um, the kind of it's almost like that analogy like 
I didn't see the pebble drop in the pond, but I can see the ripples. Mm -hmm. So I know something was going on. I don't know what to this day exactly, but I can see the ripples, things like I was always very quiet, you know, being a lifelong observer. Mm. In uh, if, if you know family systems theory, if you're listening, I'm the lost child. You know, okay. there's like the hero and the scapegoat and other roles that mm -hmm. we play in, in a family system in the role that I show up, showed up as is the lost child. So I was quiet. Uh, always paying attention to what was going on around me, not comfortable being seen in, in a broad sense. I mean, you know, being known, mm -hmm. having people know what was going on inside of me was not something I was interested in doing. And as a result of all that, I was not very good at expressing how I felt. And that carried deep into my life. I mean, I really didn't learn to talk until I... Uh, got into recovery. And by talk, I mean, uh, be able to clearly express what is happening within me, acknowledge it, say it. You know, I, I'd heard uh, when we were in seminary from somebody that was some years ahead of me, that you could tell the 12 steppers in the program, because <laughs> 12 steppers, if it's time to get real, we get yeah. real instantly yeah. because we've practiced we've it. Now, I didn't, trained, yeah. I didn't walk in the door doing that, but I could do that now. It's almost yeah. like someone says, how are you doing? I'm thinking, who's asking me? If yeah. my 12-step friends ask me how I'm doing and we have time, I'm yeah. going to tell them what's yeah. going on. If yeah. it's just a casual, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? That's different. And if it's yeah. not a 12-stepper, they never get the the, you know, the real answer, the 12 step answer, because that's not what they're asking. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought about that before um, that we really, you know, and I came into the 12 step program as such a young person, you know, 24 years old. So, I mean, I learned really from a really young age to get comfortable with talking about myself and what was going on. And you're right. You know, I think not everybody is like that. And we very quickly like you say, if somebody asks us what's going on, or we, we very quickly know how to sort of check in with ourselves and go, oh, you know, what is going on? And I guess a lot of people don't have that. They're sort of a little bit more out to lunch about, you know, they're not super in touch with what's going on with them. But we go to these meetings, you know, multiple times a week where everyone is talking about what's going on with them. And we're talking about what's going on with ourselves. And so we get really good at um at getting more in touch with our feelings and um, what's really happening. So that's like a huge skill that 12 steppers have. Hadn't it really is thought right. Of it Cause I absolutely, I did not have it and I learned okay. it in this program. Yeah. See a lot of things I can't remember not being that way because I came in so young, you know, I was just, just turning into a young adult myself. So I didn't have like a lot of chance to see what, you know, what I would have been like had I not gotten into recovery. And I'm grateful I, for that too. You know? I hadn't even hit my stride by 24. <laughs> in my, <laughs> no, you, in I was my still career, a kid, really. I, I wasn't even halfway through my drinking career when I was 25. Yeah, mine was I very compacted. 20 years later than you in my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm very grateful for that, for sure. But sometimes when we talk about like what it was like before, I'm like, I'm going way back. I can't right. even really remember what it was like, you know. Um, 
But yes, this ability to get honest, get real. I mean, I think in general, we become very authentic people. And that's what they say, you know, um, if you drop into a 12-step meeting, you're just going to hear realness that you don't hear as much on the outside. I mean, like you say, we, we just get down to the nitty gritty real quickly. And we're, we're, and, you know, and I think about how that informs my work today as a minister, you know, a lot of people have told me that what they like about me is my authenticity. And I'm like, now I'm realizing that like a really big part of that is um, years and years and years in recovery and learning to just be authentic and, and talk about myself, um, what's going on for me. And I try to do it with a certain amount of humor, because that's sort of my style. And, little bit of self-deprecation I think you know it's kind of my style too and um can be disarming a little bit and help people to be able to relate to me so um I'm grateful for that but yeah um it you know sharing those things like we do with our sponsor or whoever it is it um it's an amazing experience that if you're not in 12 step, you may not have had that type of an experience, especially your first fourth step, right? Or your first fifth step, yeah. which is usually pretty voluminous. <laughs> no, it's a big deal. It's like traumatic. I remember. <laughs> yeah. It's really a lot. Mine was like a, a three volume, you know, series or something. I mean, it was just like, it was huge. It was just really huge, but um, very healing. Um, so, so, so it, you know, there's a number of things that happen when we do those steps. And one of them is the, the, um, unburdening, but for me, there was another piece to it, which was getting to know myself. Like, as I spoke these things out loud about myself and it wasn't all like, oh, I did all these horrible things. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of like this. Remember that old show, and I'm dating myself now, This Is Your Life? <laughs> Do you remember that from like the 70s? Yeah, that's old. It's kind of like that, you know, it's like I was, I, there was a moment where I shifted out of feeling a lot of shame for things where I went like, wow, this is me. This is me. This is, I have lived through all this stuff. I have survived all this stuff. Yes, these things, some of these things are not so great and I'm not proud of them. And a lot of them were hurtful. I hurt myself. I hurt others. But there was also a sense that like, this is my life. This is, I am the culmination of all of this. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it was a shift for me from this stuff is so horrible to this is who I am. These are my experiences. These are mine. This, these things are all what make me who I am. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. And so it was kind of a little bit of a turning point of like, maybe it's more psychological or Jungian terms, it might have been more of like an integration, like accepting more that these things are all part of me, the good, the bad and the ugly. 
um, I'm the sum total of all of these things and they are what make me unique and they are both my flaws and my strengths and my experiences that become my strengths. Like all of these things that happened led me to where I am today. And if I hadn't been through all these things, I wouldn't be here now doing what I'm doing. And it was kind of a, a shift. And I think that that's where a lot of real healing takes place too, is when we, we talked last time about bringing things up out of the shadow. So it's, it's exposing these things to the light of truth, but it's also sort of owning them and integrating them back in to ourselves, if that makes sense. Instead of pushing them down, repressing them, I don't want to be this way. This is horrible. I did all these things. And we sort of go, yeah, yeah, I did that. And we own it. And we sort of gather ourselves back together from this. I, yeah, acceptance. Yeah, it does. It makes a ton of sense. And I think what you're pointing at is acceptance. And it's it's extremely powerful. Um, you know, this idea that um, we can have, like, I just, I need to get rid of all the broken parts of myself or something that's very judgmental yeah. like that. It's the opposite of what you're sharing, which is the the path, you know, a growth path, an integrative path, a path yes. of healing is a path of acceptance, which is not to say, yeah, that was a good idea no. when I did that terrible thing. Nobody's saying that. It's saying, you know what? I was doing the best I could at the time. If I could yes. have done better, I would have done better. Yeah. And this is now part of my life experience. Yeah. Right? Just like yeah. in the program, we say that we don't shut the door on our past, right? Because yes. we know right. that our experiences can benefit others. Yeah. Once we become friends with them, I, I, I had a program friend who um, was sharing that they had said to their sponsor at one time that what they really wanted to do was get rid of all the ugly parts of themselves and mm. their sponsor looked them right in the eye and said there are no ugly parts mm. of you and yeah. i think a lot of us have that because when they shared that story i was like oh my gosh it was like a revelation yes. i know exactly what that means and that that response from the sponsor, I found it healing just in the, hearing the story years later, yes. you know, third hand. So this telling, and this all comes from what we're talking about today, telling the truth with integrity. And what that means to me is, you know, as much as possible, avoiding, you know, holding the goal of making myself look good, right? If I'm going to share something in a meeting, I want to check my motive, as we say, yes, yes. and ask myself, am I just trying to get a laugh? Am I trying <laughs> to make people like me or whatever? Am yes, I just trying yes. to <laughs> look good? Right. That's what we say. But I, it's hard not to look good when you look like we do. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm kidding. I kid. But you know what I'm talking about? What's my motive? Is my motive to tell the truth about what went on with me or is my motive to somehow come out of this looking good? And I've got to watch for that and do my best to simply say what's going on and not try to make myself look good. And to do that, I have to be willing to look within myself and discern what is going on here, really what's going on, and not to process it before sharing it like oh i have to take what i see and like package it up in a way that i think will be acceptable and we to do the get people good at i'm that. talking to everyone's good at that yeah and to to the the task is to not do that or at least to minimize that yeah and to say what's actually going on and man yeah. it, it takes it takes years you know the joke is um 
that I, you know, I, I couldn't describe how I feel. How do you feel? Uh, I feel like they shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> that's that's not that's a not feeling. A feeling. Right. Try how, again. How do you feel? I feel like they're a big jerk. You know, that's that's about where I was at with my ability to express emotions, and now I have, I have the colorful emotion wheel. You, there yes. are tons of variations. I literally yeah, have yeah, yeah. it posted up because sometimes I gotta like I know how it feels, but I can't articulate it, so I have to go yeah. find the section to find the words. Like, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I put a little, mine's on a um, a magnet board. So I take a little magnet push pin and stick it oh, on those brilliant. words. Because I will forget 15 yeah. minutes later, I was like, oh yeah, I came up with the two perfect things. I feel overwhelmed and discouraged. Well, I remember the overwhelmed, but what was the other one? It's like, why can't I, that won't stick in my head because I'm still learning all yeah. this that totally reminds me when I was about a year sober I went and did a two weeks outpatient stint at a recovery center in um, Arizona and um, it was just like very intensive recovery group therapy kind of stuff and I remember that was one of the first things we learned and we had this list of feelings on the wall probably similar to what you're talking about but boy it was down to the basics you had like five to choose from and we yeah. were taught that all the other ones are really just versions of those it was like love fear shame oh my god and anger yeah I don't even remember what they all were but we would start to say, well, I feel like blah, blah, blah. And it'd be like, eh, pick one of the ones on the wall. <laughs> That's not one of those. I feel like I this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> we shouldn't have to do it. Not a feeling. But it does show you how um, we are very removed from what we say I'm feeling is quite often not a feeling. Yeah. It's a justification, an explanation, a whatever, a way of turning it around on the other person. Like we're joking about. Um, so that was an interesting um, exercise to like really only have five basic feelings that you had to, you had to fit what you were feeling into one of those, because really that's what it was. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, oh, I feel like crap about myself. Well, that's shame. That's what yeah. that is. That is called shame. You know, not, yeah. So it, I learned a lot about feelings and um, anyway, so that was funny. So I like what you said about that person that said, you know, all these broken pieces of myself. I want to get rid of all these broken pieces of myself. And I loved that because um, what I'm learning is that the real healing is when we learn to love all those broken pieces of ourselves. That's not easy work. This is, this is high level lifetime work. Yeah. Right. Well, like one level of it is I did this. Okay. Fessing up, so to speak. Another level is like, you know, <sighs> loving that. Can I love, can I have compassion for, for the part of myself that isn't perfect? And, it's so silly because none of us are perfect. We all screw up, but I think a lot of us in recovery, somehow we learned in childhood that we had to be perfect. And okay. So I somehow learned that I had to be perfect. It may have been my family. It may have been my own personality. I don't know, but I wanted to, you know, it was unacceptable to me to screw up, but everybody screws up. So what would happen when I screwed up 
was I would go all sideways about it, try to blame it on someone else, try to explain away why I screwed up or why I didn't really screw up, why that wasn't my fault, instead of just saying, I screwed up. But I, I hadn't learned somehow that it was okay to screw up. So I try to teach my own child and other people if I'm given the opportunity and I'm still teaching myself. Okay, so you made a mistake. So what? Like, I learned that in the rooms because I definitely did not learn that outside of the rooms. That's for sure. That it is okay to mess up. Everybody messes up. You can just own it, love it, have compassion for yourself. Like you said, I was doing the best that I could. Um, then sometimes we can really, you know, get into looking at, well, why did I do that? Okay. I can have some real compassion for the part of myself that, that needed to do that for whatever reason, you know? Absolutely. Right. If you, if I could have done better, I would have done better. I was yeah. doing the best I could. And so were you. And so is everyone. I yeah, want to share sort of, a story yeah. if I can, because yeah. before I forget it and it falls out my head, um, you know that show Bill Nye, the science guy? Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah, I love that show because he's goofy and fun and he My makes learning it. all that stuff fun. Anyway, I was watching an episode for whatever reason. And he, the goofy thing he's doing is he's standing in his lab coat, you know, his scientist yeah. lab coat, out in the field. And there's a stream. And he's standing in the stream and he's painting. So he has an easel and he has paints in his hand and he has a, a canvas sitting on the easel. And he's painting and he bumps it and the canvas falls into the water. And he looks and says, oh. Um, maybe I shouldn't have done that. No judgment at all toward yeah. himself. He did, I'm so stupid. I, yeah. you know, when I saw him do that, I thought I was seeing like a magical superpower. Yes. How can you do that? Like on camera and just go, Oh, far out. Check it out. What happened? Wow. That's like the wow. key to mental no health judgment, right there. No judgment. And I recognize no judgment is necessary. I never knew that. So Bill Nye, the science guy, helped me along the way anyway. Well, we're going to move into our recovery for a nutshell. I'm always surprised how quickly our, the minutes tick by as we embarrass ourselves episode <laughs> after episode. <laughs> Apparently, this is our uh, lot in life. No, it's it's healing for us, I know, and we hope that it is for those of you who are listening. Um, recovery in a nutshell is when we try to summarize, uh, I guess, what we would call the most important pieces of all the different stuff that we had shared uh, and found most helpful on, on our journey. So we always put Reverend Michelle on the spot and say, know, hey, gosh. if somebody if somebody came to you and said, how can I create a life that is light and easy rather than heavy and difficult and burdensome? What might you share with them? Well, that's a really hard nutshell because that's a really big question. But I love what you just shared, you know, about just letting yourself be human, letting yourself be less than perfect, loving your imperfect self. And these are things that you can learn through the 12-step program. So like we always say, suit up and show up, get yourself a sponsor, come to meetings, work the steps, and this stuff will start to unfold for you. But basically what we learn in the program is that we, are, we all mess up. We are all human. And so it's a journey towards integrating those parts of ourselves back into ourselves and loving them and having compassion. Even as we own what we probably shouldn't have done, we can still have compassion for ourselves and for others. 
Yeah. And and I jotted some notes down to this question and I arrived at pretty much the same place. What I jotted down was get in a community, you know, in a recovery community, get a sponsor, work the steps and tell the truth. The short answer is work this program with integrity and you will find yourself lightening the load and stepping yes. into a, a life that is light and easy rather than heavy and difficult. Just trust the process. Yes. It works. That's why we say don't quit before the miracle, which I always want to amend and say before the next miracle, yes. because there's always a next miracle. And the other thing that that means don't quit before the miracle is that it gets better and better. And always. we both have long-term sobriety. We can yep. attest to that, that it just gets better. It keeps getting better. It's the better. gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Yes. So as always, we have an affirmation for you. And today our affirmation says, grounded in spirit, I live with honesty and integrity and I am free. Ooh, I like this one. Yes. Grounded in the spirit, I live with honesty and integrity and I am free. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery and we are grateful. Uh, we hope you found something in all of our cackling today that you find genuinely helpful. We bless you wherever you are in your own recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. Tell your friends. Uh, you can all you can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which is new for us, patreon.com slash spiritofrecovery. Yes, and we are so glad that you joined us today. We hope you found it helpful, and we hope that you'll join us again. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And please don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.